There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by the gorgeous Angela Adams. Hey Ange, how are you going? Hi, good thanks Danny. How are you going? Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's an honour to be here. I've known Ange for, oh geez, quite a few years. We've been acquaintances for through a, a very close friend of ours. We share a mutual friend and I bumped into that mutual friend a few days ago and she told me about your journey oh she filled me in a little bit and I thought oh will she get on the podcast and she said yeah I think so so yeah I was having a giggle about that one of the memories I have was you picking us up uh, to drive us I think it was to the blues fest and we hadn't slept all night and here I was in your car at like 10 a.m you know how 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 things change <laughs> I was talking to Ash and told him I was interviewing you he said I remember her he said I think she told me off once for having a wine on an electric skateboard with four kids on the skateboard <laughs> you told him off <laughs> oh so maybe I've already I've always had that I thought he was going to say when I was doing push-ups at the wedding on the dance floor <laughs> Anyway, so Ange, can you tell us a bit about your story? Like when you start, let's go back to the start, when you started drinking? Okay, so um, my first drink was at 12 and it was a blackout drink. So, um, what, what, the first one was a blackout? Yeah, yeah. So look, I've really thought about how I wanted to go there with this today because I don't want to blame a family lineage or um, genetics or anything like that. I'm going to talk and be specific with the Australian culture. 
So it was uh, my friend's 13th birthday, so it was about maybe three months before my 13th birthday, and we all gathered around at the old sleepover, and, you know, we mixed up everyone's stole rocket fuel little bottles of, you know, bits and pieces of what they could get out of their parents' um, accessible, you know, cabinets. So, you know, we all hit the deck pretty, pretty hard on that, but I woke up and couldn't remember anything. So, um, and then from there... You know, we had a big culture um, growing up. I was at Woiwoi High School at this stage, uh, lived on the cent- born and bred on the Central Coast. Uh, and then, you know, we would just sort of go to the blue light discos uh, and that was kind of the thing. We would all just raid, raid our parents' alcohol and somehow sneak to a park nearby or then relocating to the Gold Coast at 15. They were proper underage nightclubs. So our mutual friend and I have had an absolute ball. And, uh, you know, we would meet at the parks before these places. And, I, look, I have no regrets. Everything le- led, to this, led to this time. And, but I've definitely had my fair share. And, uh, you know, we would meet at the park and then we'd go into the, the underage clubs. And, you know, once I remember dancing on my knees in there and I was like, 15 and then our parents would come and pick us up and I think there was a lot of blind eye turning because it would be like calling the pot calling the kettle black so yeah it was it was in me and around me from from a very young age Mm. and so as you got older like getting into your 20s and 30s did it sort of start to progress a bit further you started to drink more blackout more Yes. So we were, you know, fortunate or unfortunate to be growing up on the Gold Coast. We we were in the clubs underage. You do grow up a lot quicker when you're experiencing the shame of waking up and and realising, but there is still that peer pressure or or inner wanting to numb out, you know, what, whatever those self-worth and self-doubt issues are, where you just keep going back for more. So I was lucky that uh, at 21, I fell pregnant with my first son. His father was 10 years older than me. So meeting the boy's dad, you know, we were, we were heavy drinkers together as well. But um, out of that relationship, birthed two incredible children. And I remember holding Isaac and looking at him and for the first time, life made sense to me. You know, you go through your pregnancy, of course, absolutely 100% sober. And then you're mindful because you have the babies. So there was those times where I got to really feel alive and, and, and their dad was, was quite into fitness and health. So I started running and, and I got to feel those natural endorphins and just the joy of being a mum. You know, my, my boys were and still are my whole world. So uh, I think really as they get got older and my career took off quite quickly in real estate when they were young and then you're in a culture where raised in the motor industry fully drinking culture everywhere you turn you know like uh, the fridge was always full of beers at the office and everyone would kick back after work and and then into the real estate, whereas pick your top two industries of drinking culture there would be well top three would be those two in hospitality and the music um, industry and music, all right, for, well, you know what, well, let's just say all of everything, <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then, I, you know, like the, it's kind of funny for people when you go to the, the parties and you're doing cartwheels or splits on the bar, like, yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an issue. And, and when you speak your truth when you're drinking and you can really stick it to people and, you know, the next day they wake up and they're like, ah, 
don't worry about it kind of thing. But you speak your truth to people when you're sober and, uh, yeah, it's, it's not as welcomed. Oh, yeah, totally, because you can't brush it off. It's more, you know, it's, it's more authentic. Definitely. Yeah. I think since the, the sober journey, which started four years ago for me, so somewhere between midnight on the 15th and 16th of November 2016, since that, the first 12 months was, I wouldn't say easy. I dropped 20 kilos in the first 12 months. And wow. I celebrated, yeah, I had celebrated four years a few weeks ago and I joked and said I've lost about 20,000 kilos through, the, through the, the client contacts, my career. Everything that I was quitting to hold on to, I've lost. Mm. So, but then I found myself and I found this inner strength and this self-care and I completely have zero fucks left to give of people's opinion on me. Um, because it all comes back to my own experiences and you self-care isn't just a thing it's everything yeah that sums it that sums it up for me and that's probably alcohol is overrated tell me a bit about drunk Ange because I know I've seen you out before and I've partied with you before you're very (laughs) you probably are the girl that would do splits on the bar and you know that kind of (laughs) bit of a wild child oh I had all I had all the dance moves I had the lawnmower I had the signing the check um (laughs) the splits all sort the cartwheels I think we used to do the roly-polies as well but yeah I I was like now I'm so awkward in social situations it's um I don't know if I'm awkward or I just don't have time for it or I'm, I get quite frustrated because my energy is high and, and I can, you know, yesterday it was my birthday and I was with my grandchildren. I was rocking out. We had that house pumping the music and I was just so elated and I felt like how come I can't go to a house party and do this? Like, you know, my little two-year-old grandson's just fully on the little podium thing that we've got there rocking out and it's like adults tend to have lost that sense of fun they've got to you know be a a bottle of vodka deep and you know an eight ball up to to actually get to that space and I I find that quite sad being on this side of the fence and you know that person that you saw that was out there and quite big energy and and rocking around you know our mutual friend will tell you that two days later I would be in bed crying for days and even if I hadn't done anything wrong taking it way back to when I was 12, it just never sat right with me, ever, ever. I would beat myself up more than, you know, I I don't even, like a a boxer, a really bad boxer that just keeps getting booted to the ground, you know, like I just was so, so hard on myself and that's where this self-care comes in. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. I was in exactly the same boat where I'd be like, wake up, can't remember the night before and just like, no, this isn't me. This is not what I want. Who is that person? And then the remorse. Can you talk to us a bit about the remorse? Like what would make you feel remorseful, you know, and and take us into that situation? (laughs) Well, when you've got to Google map your way home, (laughs) (laughs) there's so many funny times and so many amazing experiences that, you know, I'm grateful for them all. Um, but the remorse, I was like, through this, I was also a very highly functioning, successful real estate agent. So at, at the height of my career, I ranked number three 
for my department in over 700 offices. So I've been a national trainer. I've been a speaker in front of 500 people, teaching people, uh, teaching other agents how to uh, list, sell, create customers for life, do all of these amazing things. That sometimes I would walk into that room and I would have been, you know, two bottles deep the night before. But my mind, I used to wake up, I feel great, I feel great, I feel great. And just there's this, just always been this inner drive to overcome it. And the, But then there was those times where, you know, I would have been working flat out 60-hour weeks for three months and then I would fall in a heap. And usually that would be the peak of, you know, of those three months, you, you know, you've usually had a massive quarter, I guess, thinking I'm actually resolving this now with you because I used to work my, map my years out in 12 months. So you, I would run it month to month on my targets and, and goals. And I always like to achieve those. Uh, but then the three month mark, uh, you know, you'd get your big drops of commission and then you would think it's party time and that's how you celebrate. Then my body would just shut down. Um, I suffered a lot of endometriosis for 10 years and I was having surgery every two years. And this is big to actually share for anybody listening who does suffer from endometriosis or any um, cysts and things like that that we have as women. I have not had one episode since I've been sober. Now that was going from 10 years of surgery every two years to nothing, nada, gone, not even pains in my belly. So I would hit the deck and have a burnout. Now, you know, the culture in my office knew how I ran and how I rolled. And there's a saying in real estate that's work hard, play harder. So, um, and I'd be out for a few days and I would just cry and I would just feel yuck, like, like lifeless, hopeless. But then that would kind of be the little kick up the butt to, to get back on and, and get your boot. You know, it's play boots and all for me. If you're going to do something, you do it. And um, I was fortunate to, Kingscliff opened up a yoga studio, a hot yoga studio in uh, 2011. So I stepped into there, you know, part of my journey as well. When, it, when I ended up hitting the deck, I found uh, an amazing lady called Carol. I got lucky and she was actually the head of the Tweed Valley Drug and Alcohol Clinic. She talked to me because you do challenges and, you know, I've done boot camp challenges or any challenge. I, I did it coming up to the first 12 months of my boxing. Uh, it was 10 months in um, and I knew I had a couple of months up my sleeve and I was struggling. I was thirsty. So I saw a sign for Kingsley Boxing Stables. Uh, they were doing a 10-week bucket list challenge and I went and signed up. Uh, within two weeks of that, I ended up with that um, that serious pandemic that wasn't actually a pandemic. It was the uh, influenza A and uh, pneumonia. And I hit the deck. I, I honestly have never felt like I was going to die. And I was on the, on the brink. And, and funnily enough, the, the crew that I worked for and the, and the amazing successes that I shared with an office of almost 20 years, they didn't have my back. And I guess that was a part of the awakening on on that. And the Boxing Stables motto is courage solves everything. So I lost my job at that point. And and that was coming up to 12 months. And I can tell you, all I wanted to do was go home and like get that bottle. And in a way, I think a lot of people, they want you to. Mm. As you rise... It's like, and as you even rise even more and more and more, and now particularly this year that's been coming up to the fourth, the sparkly you get, like physically I've never looked healthier. 
gorgeous. Oh, thanks, honey. But emotionally and mentally, I've probably never been more vulnerable and weakness Mm. has never been my strength. So um, I'm definitely not there yet, but I know that... um, I, I know even just with you welcoming me on the show, like I feel like I'm ready to really step in and own this and use all of those amazing tools that I've succeeded in the past making money for somebody else to bring it home to my family and to share this message because our government wants us drunk. They need us drunk to be, and this, is, this goes back, if you go right back to when the first little bunch of people come and put that stake in the sand, they had rum with them. Okay, so they've been using rum to, to lower our vibrations and manipulate. And, you know, even look at this lockdown time. I hope you don't mind me going into this. But I was so excited. I thought, excellent. The bottle shops will be shut. Let's give everyone a little bit of a, a you know, sparkle, rise and shine kind of situation. Well, no, they were essential services. So one day I was, I was locked in, in Brisbane and the ocean has been my source. So Sunrise became my best friend uh, through the, the sobriety journey. And so I was away from the ocean. I was locked on the 19th floor of an apartment. And uh, I did a post about the alcohol sales have increased 70% and domestic violence was up 40%. Well, you should have seen the attacks I had on me, literally uh, a whole circle of friends from school. I started throwing them and you know what? Bounced them, gone. Haven't spoken to them since. I don't care for it. Um, But, you know, and and then I noticed when they started doing their genre in South Australia, the same thing again. You know, Dan Murphy's is, is pushing its way into dry communities and the aunties and the elders are pleading them to keep this Dan Murphy's out. But no, this is the agenda. They need everyone drunk and it's about time the Australians pulled up their big pants and, and, and played it back. Get off the gronk. It's, mm. this, isn't, this is serious times that we're in. And they're, they're, they're just swimming in this and the, the sales are up and the... You know, Alcoholics Anonymous, I was fortunate I never needed to go to any of those meetings. I had my Carol, my support for the first two years. After two years, the support network drops out. Um, so you only have those groups. But one of my friends uh, that I went to high school with on the Central Coast, um, our 15th birthday is an amazing story. If we ever get to share that, we were, we were raucous. Um, but she's, she also suffered. And she's a, she's a reformed, she, but she now mentors people through Alcoholics Anonymous. And they can't keep up with the amount of people who are reaching out for help in 2020. So we have a serious problem. And, and I'm so proud of you for owning it and getting out there and actually actioning it, Danny. And, and I believe that you will be able to heal the world (laughs) if we can sober them up lovely we can fix everything sober them up and heal them from the inside that's the plan yeah um at the the peak of your drinking time how much were you consuming how often were you drinking was it always to black out well yeah oh well yeah well i kind of you do this thing called switch so um, you know, when the boys were young, I, I realized that wine sort of was, was not my friend. Um, and I would go to, uh, Corona's, uh, you know, one, they were one standard. 
Um, we always laugh because it's, I'm a thirsty person. We realized that after the alcohol was away, you know, I'm six foot, so I do need to drink a lot. But getting back to um, the amount, you know, it's the old one's too many and a hundred's not enough. <laughs> um, but in my career days, you know, five o'clock would come. I'd be working till sort of seven, eight o'clock at that, at that pivotal time where I was really kicking goals and, um, you know, it would be nothing for me to drink a bottle. I'd wake up fresh. Two bottles would be a little bit scratchy. Uh, and then three on the weekend would be enough to see me flat on my back in bed on a Sunday. But I think I blamed alcohol a lot of, for the fact that I was just not caring for myself and I was giving absolutely everything to the 20,000 kilos of people that are no longer attached to me. And so if you want measure... Yeah, that would be the wine time. And then beer, well, you know, there's only much, so much beer that you can drink before you bloat out. I was never really a spirit person unless it was the end of the night. I was always love a contro on ice. And Black Sam Booker shots were always fabulous as well. <laughs> and, you know, like I remember standing in the bottle shop one day. I was going in to get what I call, thanks to some great friends, vegan wine, you know, just like vegan bacon. And I was standing there and I stopped at the Frangelico and I could smell it. I could taste it. And then the Dan Murphy started to spin and I just wigged out and had to get <laughs> to mm. leave. Mm. So the, the struggle is real. And it, does that answer your question? I, I drank a lot. So what got you to the point of where you decided I've had enough? Okay, well, this is where it gets a little bit mystical and magical because uh, five years ago, um, I lost my best friend who was my everything. So uh, the marriage with my, my son's father wasn't ideal for respecting their privacy. I'll just say that there was a beautiful woman called Tracy who came into my life. And uh, yeah, she helped me out of that situation to show me my self-worth. And then, unfortunately, nine years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. It was, a, it was a sudden diagnosis. You know, I did my whole boots and all thing and, and organised a fundraiser and I thought, I'm going to run from Kingscliff to South Golden Beach. And it was a two-month goal because, you know, I'm not sure if you've experienced anybody that's been on that journey, but it's just instant shutdown. So your money stops Doing that run, I got up every morning and thought, well, she's not wanting to wake up today to go through this. And that was quite empowering. And I did it. And I think I raised a couple of grand. I raised more money. So through the, through the real estate days, I was doing a lot of charity fundraising. And, you know, we'd go and have these massive big functions at Salt and we'd have famous celebrities there and all of this hoo-ha and they'd be black tie. And I made more money strapping on a pair of runners that day than what we actually got out of the end of those nights. So Tracy passed away. From, from there, we, we look, I, was, I always had the miracle card. And unfortunately, I, I don't know why, because she was looking very sick. I mean, I still saw how, her beauty, but I thought that she, I thought we would be able to get her through it. Um, unfortunately, I held her hand and watched her go through the other side, which was magical because she gave me the nod. She was comfortable. She knew where she was going. From there, she started to beat me up. Well, I like to think it was her. You know, uh, my car was sideswiped three times. So I saw that as I had to literally have three right-hand new doors. So I was like, new doors, new doors. I was reared up the end twice which was a lot of the back 
back chatting and things that was going on behind behind the scenes because nobody likes it when you get sober. Um, you know, for the, they're, they're, it's almost like they're waiting for you to fall. But the, the stronger you get, I guess the more it shines, especially when we are in such a thick alcoholic con- culture, uh, it shines on their own insecurities. Um, it was my birthday and I was missing her dearly. It was the first birthday without her. I had a meltdown because I was missing her so bad and I drank the whole weekend and that was one of the, that was actually one of the sidecar door situations. I ran into the petrol bowser, but I wasn't drunk. It was going to get petrol for the next, after the next day. I still would have been over the limit. But anyway, I woke up on the Monday morning to go to work and looked at the state of my car and I had a massive anxiety attack and lost, lost it. Yeah, unfortunately, my son had to call the ambulance and one of my dear friends that I met through real estate in early 2000s, who also is a courageous warrior woman who escaped domestic violence in a major way, She came to the hospital and she's a family health worker. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And she demanded I got help. And that's how I came in contact with Carol from Tweed Valley. So that was the December. I had had enough by that stage. I needed help. It was actually, that was the first time I reached, the, I went there um, with her and then I went into a three-month stint of no alcohol at all whatsoever. And then my older son had been successful in the army. So I, we, within a week or two's notice, we ended up on a plane over to uh, Fiji to celebrate because I'd been working so hard. I raised them single mother for 15 years and I wanted to celebrate we kind of had only had a couple of holidays and of course you know with all the flying that I used to do when I was a natural uh, when I was the national trainer it was a natural thing to get on the plane and and get that champagne and you know what is it three one in the air is three on the ground yeah you get a good buzz you get a good buzz in the sky um and so I thought I was in the clear and, and went over. We, we had a fabulous holiday. There was nothing too crazy that went wrong there. But when I came back, it then it just sort of slowly cre- crept back in. And I was doing a, a yoga challenge and I, and I reached out to Carol again and said, look, I haven't fallen, but I, I just need some support. Well, I went in there and she goes, you know, what do you mean that you haven't fallen? Tell me about that. So I told her, well, I'm doing the yoga challenge and I just don't drink the night before I go. And 
And then, you know, I, I won't drink at work at the office or, and she, oh, right. So you're planning your life around drinking, are you? <laughs> and it was like, whoa, okay. So she really smacked me with love between the eyeballs. And that, I left that meeting and went straight down to the local bottle shop and walked out with two bottles of bread. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I went back. I had courage to go back the next week because I felt, you know, that I couldn't. I felt shame that I failed in going back and, and reaching for that. And I said to her, you know, the big downer, oh, I've been, you know, drinking. And well, how many times have you drank this week? Three. Well, she high-fived me. That's better than five. And then I knew she was my friend. And then I knew she was with me. And then I knew that I could still drink and I could still rock up there and she wasn't going to judge me. And honestly, she, she, was, just, she was just the biggest angel and unfortunately there's not enough funding for her to do her job we don't have enough funding because the government wants everyone drunk that's the that's the sheer hard facts of it all it was soon after that this is my last drink okay so it was actually one of our mutual friends that you also know it was her 40th birthday and it was a circus theme party and uh so I was always a rollerblader from when the kids were young I'd rollerblade with the pram and we lived in Pottsville. I used to, you know, one of the locals clocked me doing 40Ks around there one day. I used to love it. So I thought, well, I've got my rollerblades. I'll be the, you know, the usher. I'll get dressed up as the usher to the party. So we're, we're laughing. I'd had a, a fantastic month before on, and got, had my comm and everything was going fancy. And one of my clients, I used to get a lot of bottles gifted through customers, would drop off alcohol just as, that, as they say thank you, as this is what the culture is. So I had a beautiful bottle of wine come over the counter that day and I went home and drank it and then I lived right across the road from the bottle shop so I walked over and got another one. Anyway, I thought I'd try out the rollerblades for the party in the couple of days and so here I was rollerblading Marine Parade at midnight and uh, I can vaguely remember slapping. Like I honestly feel like my bones must be titanium because I can, I can remember kind of like my hips hitting the, <laughs> the oh. deck. Um, and I was going up to another friend's house. She had more champagne there for me to come home. And look, it was messy. I'm, I'm, I definitely, I'm not, I'm ashamed about that, but it's pretty funny. It's a good story to say that that was my send off, but I have no idea how I got home. I woke up in my eldest son's room who hadn't lived at home for a couple of years and my youngest son was sitting on the computer. Now, there was no abuse or anything like that with my youngest son. If anything, I would just get overly mothery, he used to say, like overly soppy, you know. And, you know, he's like, oh, I thought you were at yoga, mum. And I was like, what time is it? <laughs> What's going on? And where's my phone? And where's my keys? And I have no idea how I got home into the building that night. We had to backtrack the steps and... The blessing was that somebody had found my phone and found my keys and they'd handed it into the local cop shop and and then I went in there and it was like it was like actually waking up at the hangover, like, you know, my young bloke and I laugh about it now and he's at the counter and the police lady's trying to keep a straight place and I was like, you know, I was just checking out my rollerblades for a fancy dress party and Anyway, the thing was I called in sick for work that day. The next day, every Thursday, we used to have our big office meetings and um, I bloody owned it. I sat at the office meeting and I said to them, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't sick yesterday. I was hungover and I'm done with it. So if alcohol comes across the office, there's, I don't, there's none of it and, and I'm serious. And look, 
they supported me through those early days. There was a lot of gifts that come through the counter that they kept downstairs and away from me. And I guess then I got to look with a clear perspective on how much I was giving versus how much I was receiving. And, um, and then when the pneumonia hit, and that was a whole new level of, of courage. And that's when I went into and did the boxing challenge and, and stood in front of a crowd of a thousand people. And, um, I have a belt that says Kingsliff champion on it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. That's so cool. And that was on the, that was on, that was like a week, week after the first anniversary of being sober. Wow. That's amazing. So part yeah. of, sounds like, so you've made the decision because this is what we talk about often in coaching and things like that. It's like making a decision is very different to, it sounds like before there was a lot of maybe. So you've made this sort of clear cut decision, I'm stopping. And then you've put all your energy into getting fit because I think I believe that you have to fill that void when you give away alcohol and you, you're so high energy and got to fill it with something. Obviously for you, it was fitness and what else did you fill yeah, the void with? Fit, uh, fitness, yoga and self-care. So here's a funny one. I exchanged bars for day spas. <laughs> I love that. I know. So, um, you know, I massages and, and I just, you know, would just talk to my team of, of friends and family and, and I'm here I am four years and still sober and, and uh, talking to you, Danny. I remember celebrating if I hadn't had a drink for three days. I think, oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm not an alcoholic. I've got three days off. Let's go, or five days, or a month, or so. There, this is where the dealcoholized products come in. So there's an amazing range of uh, zero beer, Italian Sauvignon Blancs. There's a, a nice Shiraz that I love. Now these aren't just the stuff that you get in Coles where they mix it up like grapefruit and pretend it to look like champagne. We're talking the real deal. It's wine. And it's gone through a dealcoholized process. So I leaned heavily on that. And, you know, one time after school, I'd had a, a, a wild day. It was hectic. I, I was managing a lot of properties and had a, my phone would never stop ringing. My, I remember looking at my son and going to, to get the um, Shiraz off the wall and looked at him and turned around and said, oh, you know, it, it's been a big day. I'll, I'll grab two. Um, throwing a box of zero beer on the counter one day and going, oh, it's party time. Like I just, you know, <laughs> your, sense of, your sense of humour kind of sharpens up. Yeah. It makes you funny when, you, when you're drunk, but you're actually sloppy when you're drunk. Like when you're sober, you, you wit and you, and, you know, you can kind of, you just, I, I guess humour is how I've gotten through it. So I, my advice to anybody who wants to embark on this three-month journey that you that you're about to take them on and changing their life is to go and stock up their cupboards on if they're a beer drinker go and get the zero beer if they're you know the Clayton's I actually didn't realize I thought Clayton's was just a a little word you know Clayton but there's actually Clayton's that you can go and you can have shots with it if you want you can mix it with ice and some lime and make some mocktails you've got the de-alcoholized wine they need to stock up on that. And I would encourage all of your listeners and all of your people joining that group to do that because it's the ritual. It's the coming home from work. It's the filling the wine glass. It's sitting down. It's having the breath, drinking the wine, chatting it out. So if you can replace that 
and and still have that ritual. It just takes that edge off from scratching around thinking, what am I going to do with myself? Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Monday Distillery who do non-alcoholic spirits and gin and tonics and things like that, which is amazing. But last week I actually put out a blog post on alcohol-free drinks because for some people it's a trigger and for other people. So, and I think that's more for your people that are in AA and those sort of more daily drinkers, they can find it will trigger them back into to relapsing. Whereas okay. I used it. And also one of uh, awesome lady, one of my people that I coach, she, she'll, she gets right into it. Actually, she had a moment um, a few weeks ago where she said to me, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a loser because I'm relying on these alcohol-free drinks. And I'm like, no way. Like, it's fantastic. And it, you're not drinking alcohol. You know, so and and I'm really seen? glad for you to say that, that, to put out that message too, that it is okay. Yeah. Like, it helps so to keep the chat. ritual going. I definitely think that I couldn't have got sober without, without those products. After a while, like now, I don't even look for it. I think last couple of weeks ago, I ended up at a in a funny situation for three weeks. We could write a movie about those three weeks. But anyway, I won't bore you with that. But I did go and get some Sauvignon Blanc because they're not the kind of people that I even wanted to go into it with, you know. Like, and I was just walking around with, with my wine time, looking at them all thinking, wow, you people are fried. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Trying not to judge, but I knew that if I didn't have, I just get sick of the conversations of why I don't drink. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. Although I kind of like it now because it helps to get the conversation moving. I guess it depends Going. on what you've got yeah, got your people like who you've got around you as well makes a big difference. So the so the lady that you felt that she that you're supporting that felt like she was a loser. How long had she been sober for? Oh, she's only been on it for um She's coming up to her 60, as of today, 66 days, and I'm so proud of her. She's doing oh, so well. So it's amazing. You just yeah, you just reassure her that that'll pass. Like, just keep drinking it. Like, drink it yeah. till the cows come home. You're not, you're not going to get in your car and you're not going to drive and you're not going to, you know, go and get on your scooter with four kids. On <laughs> <laughs> <And> your skateboard. <laughs> totally. I think, I, think it's, I think it's an awesome thing to do, especially, like you say, for the ritual. Like, sometimes you, you sit down and have your drink. Like, we did a webinar last week um, about dealing with triggers over this Christmas break. And one of those things, like one of the people said, what about this hot weather? And I'm like, well, you can still make a beautiful alcohol-free drink and still take that time to yourself and sit there and drink it and take a few oh. breaths and just do what you would have done before it. when you were drinking. I yeah, me it. too. There's nothing better on a hot day to go and buy the, the zero beer I will scull it like I've been like, like a champion because it's just, <laughs> it's just so nice. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. And as the Aussies, that's what we do, yeah, hot day or you've gone and you mow the lawn or you've done whatever, you get that beer. So you can do that and you can, you know, you're always still the last man standing no matter which side of the, the fence that you're on. Absolutely. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for the alcohol-free products. I couldn't have done it without them. That's really great. I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that because that's fantastic. And I think that will be really helpful for people. And on that subject, I've just announced, it was last week, that I'll be taking people through a three-month challenge starting January the 1st. So they can go to my website, iquitalcohol.com.au to sign up. And basically, it will just be weekly group coaching calls where I'll lead people through an hour every Sunday, maybe longer. We'll all have a chat, um, see where they're at, give them some strategies to get through 
send them out some emails, different things to do. And it's just going to be a really great chance for people to experience what it's like to take that three months off with some proper support with some proper strategies so it's not just white knuckling it through three months but my aim is for people to come out feeling a little transformed and hopefully at the end of the three months maybe try another three months see how they go i think i'm so proud of you for doing that and putting it together because it's exactly what we need like it is intimidating walking through the doors of tweed valley drug and alcohol clinic i'm not gonna lie that was that, that was pr- pretty hectic times for me. So to be surrounded with somebody like you who makes it, you know, well, even being online is is more personal and private, but to be supported with you and, you know, you're so cool with it as well. And I think I'm just so proud of you for actually just going, you know what, you've always been an entrepreneur, but like, no, I'm going to do this. And and I, I'm really, really happy that that you're out there doing it because we we need we need to help as many people as we can. But yeah. they've got to be able to want to help themselves. And, and this is this is the point. Why does it have to be rock bottom? You know, rock bottom is such a horrible, sad place to be. I love rock bottom. Like, <laughs> <are you> not- <laughs> I always say. It. <laughs> And I love it for other people. I, I was with someone the other day who was at rock bottom and I just said to her, this is a gift. Like I know it feels like oh. shit and it feels like hell, but rock bottom is where the transformation happens, you know, and for sure it it's does. a total, it's, it's, it's shitty. But that's when, that's when the does. good stuff comes. Definitely. I guess I, I see the gift and I see all of that too. But for me, not saying that you're not or anything like that, I just wish that we could catch people up here so they don't have to put themselves through that shame, remorse. But then maybe if, we, if they caught themselves up there, maybe they wouldn't, uh, you know, fully embody the experience. Can I share with you about um, my friend from the Central Coast? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. her, husband and, yeah, her husband and her came to Kingscliff a couple of months ago. You know, now I, I own it. Like I said before, I, I don't care what anyone thinks of me. As long as my children love me, I really couldn't give a flying about anybody else. So I was, I was, we went for a swim in the creek and we're rocking around and, you know, they're just such beautiful people. And her husband, you know, is a, an amazing, strong Aussie bloke. They've been together since they were teenagers. It just, you know, I, I have family envy. They're amazing. But, you know, the pressures he works, you know, he's an he's a Aussie lad. And um, I got a message from them yesterday that he hasn't had a drink since he saw me in Kingscliff. And I actually had to stop halfway through because I broke down in tears and thought, wow, you know, that's like the sixth person, which isn't many. I would love it to be 600. But just from being raw and honest, wow, if she can get off the gronk, anyone can. There has been now six people with me sober a husband and a wife and you know and we were I remember rolling out of the Kingslip pub with them one night like these are people who have been heavy major drinkers have just gone that's enough yeah and so to get that message yesterday and then for you to tune in at the same time you know I feel like it's time for me to put my boots on and um and, and get out there and and share the message as well and and it is now I'm realising that I'm actually live on your show. It's a bit vulnerable, but it's the start of a new journey for me and I really am grateful. Yeah, that's great. Ah, oh, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you gorgeous thing. God, you're you even gorgeous when you cry. 
<laughs> I tell you what, one thing Carol said to me that tears are tears are, are good. Like when we when we're drinking, we um, you know, you, the drowning your sorrows. It's yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. So when you get sober, you will you will cry a lot, and and it's okay. So thank you for giving me that little. <laughs> My friend, my friend Lyndall, I've had her on the podcast before, but she, she was never very, an, not much of an emotional person. And now she just cries like basically every time we talk, <laughs> but it's in oh, a really beautiful way. Like, I love it. It's, it's usually tears of joy or something, but she's just so mushy and gorgeous. I just love and her This is so what much. happens. Like yeah. this is when you're leaning from the heart and when you're, when you're not toxifying your life, I mean, look, we could go into the, the spirit of alcohol as well and what happens, you know, when people black out drunk and they wake up or you can see them when, you, when they're, it's not them. Mm. It's not them. There's a whole energetic force that comes through. When you open up that Pandora's box and you give your body, hand it over to the alcohol, you know, the, the terrible things where people have rut cars around poles and killed children and stuff like that, they would never do that sober. They would never make that decision to start the car up and drive when they're sober. It, it's the alcohol that does it. And so, you know, when you usually you, you, you've had a Barney or you, you've had somebody's upset you or you do all of this and instead of sitting down and grabbing the tissue box and having a good cry or, or grabbing somebody that you love and holding them and, and feeling those emotions, we go and we sabotage ourselves and, that, and then mm-hmm. it just steamrolls and, you know, I, I just think it's beautiful when you lead from the heart and be raw and, and honest and, and open and, and you, I hope I get to meet your friend one day and, and have a little sook with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. She's absolutely, you'd love her. It's so true, Ange, because I think what happens is when you get rid of the alcohol and things start to rise up, which they, as you know, they naturally do, especially over the course of a year or two, and you're like, oh, wow, what's who we, I thought we'd, I thought we'd sort of drank you away years ago, but now you're coming back to say hi. But that comes up and you have to deal with it and you sit with it and you deal with it and then you send it on its way and you start to live, your emotions start to, they don't take over you like they used to because you can deal with them. But you're living in such an authentic way. You're not hiding, you're not drowning your sorrows, in inverted commas. And that's what happens. It's just that you live, you're living from your heart, exactly what you say, you're leading from your heart. And I think that's so beautiful. And that's one of the greatest gifts as well in sobriety amongst the many other things that are there. But it's just that being able to feel. And for us, particularly when you've been drinking a lot, feeling can seem quite scary at first, but bring it on now. Like, I mean, you can throw anything at me. I was saying this to a friend the other day, nothing can faze me now. Like throw whatever you've got at me, throw it all at me, do whatever you got. I just, I stand up for myself. I don't take shit. Yeah. I still love people, but I could say, no, not tolerating that. Or it just comes with that self-love as well. Or, you know, tragedy happens, you know, it's, you can deal with it in a different way. It's like, it's okay, you know, and you can grieve and do all that. You're not drinking it away and, it just enables you to live so much more authentically, which I love, you know. I, I think the sound therapy has been helping me 100%. So, you know, you, when the emotions come up, it's nice to not have to actually go into the wounds yourself and your mind and go back and relive the story to be able to sit and 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 bowl it out or sound it out, whether it's 
singing, whether it's playing an instrument. So, so they would be some other tools for people um, coming, embarking into your three-month journey to, to lean on sound therapy, to lean on meditation. You know, if, they, if they're angry, go and box it out. If they're, you know, or, far, or then balance that with, with some yoga and breath work. Like there's, so, and then the day spa, you know, trading the bars for day spa. I love it. It's, it is just, it's that self-care is everything. That's the other thing. Just because you start to do these extra things for yourself or you start to exercise more and you just feel better. Like you feel, you know, and your skin clears up and you lose some weight and all this stuff just happens. It's such a gift. Sobriety, absolutely. It's the greatest, it's the greatest love of all. You, yes. you, to, to love yourself is literally the greatest love of all. You are gorgeous. And I'm just um, you are. so grateful to have you on. You're working on your business, which is called Shine Heart and Soul. And that's, that's doing the energy work and the sound healing work and things like that. And yes. that's super exciting. I like keep us posted so we can yeah you know let thank you know what's so going much on with that and um also again if anyone's interested in the three month challenge or knows anyone that might be interested it's going to be awesome we're gonna have an awesome three months and i just am so excited about that thank you so much thank you speak to thank you soon you. Bye. you take care honey lots of love bye bye bye, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.